When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. He's Anthony Pusick. How are you, sir? I got to tell you, Don, it is fun watching World Juniors this early in the morning every day. And the third place game that just wrapped up, of course, because we we record this around noon. Right. Unbelievable comeback by Chechia to get this to get the bronze medal. Absolutely unbelievable. It is terrific, and EJ's doing a great job on the NHL Network. And when we're at the station, um, we've been watching TSN, and it's um, it's a great tournament. I, I wish that there was a little bit more attention in the United States for it, even from hockey fans, because I think we get so caught up in the NHL. And with these games being early in the day and there's so much else going on that even hockey fans, I think, don't necessarily appreciate the hockey that's being played and the time um, that you could really enjoy watching. I know Canada is all in. I'm reading that um, James Duffy book with the stories of like Jordan Eberle when he scored uh, that that late goal um, in, what was it, 2009 that beat the Russians um, to tie the game at five with the empty with the goal with the uh, attacker pulled and he ended up having the game winning goal in the shootout and like he's a legend there and you know and then John Carlson ruined his chance of winning back to back gold medals when the U S won in 2010 if you remember oh yeah um, so there's such a great history between the two teams and I know it gets appreciated in the Olympics but the, the World Juniors is terrific six and, unanswered goals Don six yeah, it's, it's 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 crazy it, it's real there's, there's only a handful of countries that have like a legit shot but when they get together uh, it's a lot of fun and the, the game later on today we'll see if Team USA can bring home the gold if you're listening to this depending on when you probably already know if they did or didn't but um, some good stuff that's going on there. And, and EJ's done a great job on the NHL Network. He'll be joining us on Monday. Probably get a full recap of just everything he went through, getting a chance to be a part of that tournament. Well, now what we'll have to do, Don, because they announced this before, I believe, one of the semifinal games, 2026 World Juniors in Minnesota. Mm. I guess we have to go. I guess we have to do a game misconduct live from the Twin Cities. That would be something. And I, I, I'm assuming it'll be um, in St. Paul where the Wild play. That's right. I know they had, you know, they 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 had it in Buffalo a few years ago. Um, so it, it's it, and then and then you can get like regular time games. It's a great kind of Christmas tradition that you know spills over here uh, into January. So we're keeping an eye on that. Uh, last night, the game of the night to me, and, and I, I was thinking about this. I don't know if this occurred to you at all, Anthony. That as somebody as we are that want to try to forward the sport of hockey. Oh yeah. Last night was I, I think a big night because. Part of being on ESPN, especially on just like a random Thursday where there's nothing going on, there's no, there was no Thursday night football, uh, the college football championship's not till next week, and so really all you have is, is the NBA to go up against. I'm not sure there's much crossover there anyway. That like some random sports fan that doesn't follow hockey until maybe the playoffs or doesn't really know much about it might have flipped on ESPN last night and got caught into just an unbelievable game between the Penguins and the Bruins as you know the Penguins blow a 5-2 lead. Um, Marchand had an amazing goal beating Latang 
undressing him for a second goal of the game to tie it at five, only to see Sidney Crosby, you know, win it for Pittsburgh with his 22nd goal of the season. Ovechkin even scored for Washington. Uh, I mean, excuse me, um, Crosby with his 22nd goal. Marshan with a couple of goals. Pasternak had a goal. Like, so that's the kind of game where, like, you might win over hockey fans, right? That, that, you might win over somebody who's like a borderline fan. It's like, boy, that's, that's fun. Two big teams, big name players, everybody contributing, wide open, 11 goals scored, came right down to the end. So I'm really happy that that was the game that just happened to be over the air ESPN last night, and maybe, uh, maybe a few people were won over by that game. I mean, no question. There was 13 games last night. A lot of goals scored. And even before, you look on ESPN Bet, it looked like there was a lot of over six and a halfs in these right. games for the totals. And you know, Don, more often than not, it's either five and a half or six and a half when you're looking at over-unders in the NHL. So there was expected to be a lot of goals last night, and there certainly were. Um, and that game was no exception. Um, two of two offensively two offensively great teams. Boston, one of the best teams in hockey. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, are they in the top five? We shall see. But... Um, a fun game and a good one for the Penguins to get to come out on top. Yeah, definitely was. So I uh, just kept an eye on that one. Of course, I was at the Garden. I know you had all eyes watching the uh, Rangers take on... Michael, very uh, upset with me, by the way. The Blackhawks. Why is that? He said, he said, so you're going to watch the Ranger game over me on, on Yes? Of course. And I said, well, I'll record you. And he was not happy with that. I'm sure you didn't even record it. You just said that. I think it's something you say. Yeah, it's something you say. I think it's something that you say. Stove, uh, uh, that was a lot of fun. That was that was a fun game, Don. I, I'm sure in the building it was probably electric. Yeah, and because really it was electric. First of all, it was like you know getting to see Connor Bedard. Um, but Chicago's just not a very good hockey team right now. But they got some high skill players, and I thought the Rangers were on top of their game now, ten and one following a loss. So they kind of got the bad taste out of their mouth from what happened on Tuesday against Carolina, losing six to one. But Brennan Offman, uh, what a great debut! Didn't score. Um, I wonder what the odds were he was going to score. Because if you look, it was at the plus four thirty for you keeping track at home. All right, I thought I, I was going to text you because I, I, I wanted to bet it. Just because if you look at them when the Rangers call players up, they seem to have an impact. I called the game when Derek Stepan had the hat trick in Buffalo in his NHL debut. Kreider was good in his debut in the postseason, you know, way back. But yeah, he had I heard five your shots pre-game. on. Great job. What's, I heard your pregame. Five, you, yeah, five shots on goal which led the Rangers. He's got a nose for the net. I mean, he drives towards the net. Five shots. Heck of a shot. Um, Good. I mean, I I think they may have found, you know, their winger. Now, again, it's against a lousy team, and he had been struggling in the A. I think he went nine nine games without a goal Mm -hmm. before being called up, but they said he still was the guy that deserved to be there. Um, I would think he's going to be in Montreal um, and then play against Vancouver on Monday. So he'll he'll get a decent look, but... You know, with Pitlick week to week and still waiting on Kako. Kako wore a red jersey uh, in the morning skate yesterday. Will to make the trip to Montreal with the team. So he seems like he's getting a little closer, but not immediate. Let's see what this kid can do. And if he sticks, he sticks. And I, and I like, you know, the, that line with uh, Brodzinski. They had played together in, in the A. Had a chance to talk to him after the game as our walk-off, and uh, he just had nothing but just praise about how ready this kid is. So it was nice to see, and we'll see if he sticks. Yeah, I mean, look, Don, I mean, this 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 Rangers franchise hasn't had... Of course, they had Lafreniere and Kako because they were drafting them so high, but when you talk about prospects that you can really be excited for, Brendan Othman is one of them. Uh, Gabe Perot tearing it up 
uh, and again, again, that's boys against boys in the in World Juniors. But he looks like at his at his age level, he looks like one of the best players in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been tearing it up in uh, in Boston. Um, there are people that are very very excited in the Ranger fan base to see. Brennan Othman and Gabe Perot on the same line at some point in their careers. Now you just need to find a center with them. Um, but there is young talent to be excited about, and that back and that between the legs pass behind uh, yeah. behind the net to Brodzinski. Um, look, uh, one thing I will say, and me, and one thing that Gerard Gallant didn't necessarily do was push the right buttons. It seemed like time to time. It seems like every move this year that Peter Laviolette made in terms of let me try this has worked out nicely. He said Will Cooley was ready for a shutdown line. I know for a shutdown line minutes, I know this was against a very bad Chicago team, but that line produced a goal with Jimmy VC last night. They looked great. Uh, Barkley Goudreau, despite having the shield on his face, has been playing excellent. Um, and that third line, I guess, is what you'll call it, with having Nick Bonino kind of be the calming veteran presence along with Brodzinski, who Othman was comfortable with. Uh, played really well last night. There wasn't really much to complain about other than, I guess, the Rangers let them hang around and Colin Blackwell scored um, to make it 2-1 to one late in that second period. Nice move. Good for him. Former Ranger. Yeah. Current um, Ranger. Oh, no, no. Just former. 13 goals in that um, COVID season, and then he got gobbled up in the expansion draft. But uh, I, was, I was happy for him. What did yeah, you think so, of the Kreider goal? Did you think? Because I, well, knowing I'm, how Toronto usually works, I had a feeling that wasn't going to go. I'm glad you brought this up. I, I, I've had a, <laughs> I've had a back and forth with EJ for years on this, going back to our days in NHL Live. Um, by the letter of the law, it that goal had to stand. I agree. Because there was no distinct kicking motion. Yes. But I think Chris Kreider knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, to the point where what was so funky he about that he goal is, at the end. <laughs> but there was no celebration. Like you see the puck go in, the light goes off, the crowd behind the the, the net jumps up, and yet none of the Rangers celebrated until you know the, it started to sink in. Looks like they're going to allow this goal, so let's go to the bench and let's fist bump and and get excited about it. But I think he knew his intent was: I can't get my stick down there. Let me drive. Let me make it appear that I'm stopping in the crease. Have the puck go off of my skate and go in. So yeah. Uh, but again, then you heard the official announce it after the replay in Toronto that there was no distinct kicking motion. But it still isn't in the spirit of the rule, right? I, I don't think that goal should have counted or those types of goals should not count. So what do you do about it? Do you change the rule? Well, look, you don't want him to run the... And look, the, the propensity that people think of Kreider running goalies, um, especially in that situation, he is stopping himself from running into the goaltender. The goal had not been scored yet. And as a result, his skate, looking in the way of a possible kick, hit the, hit the puck... And went in the net. Yeah. Uh, and he smirked because he, he knew. There's a very good fair chance that this is going to get called back. Right. Because it only hit my skate. So so the rule is the rule. And so there was nothing um, illegal as far as like they did the right thing. As right. annoyed as Morazic was and as annoyed as Chicago he was. He asked John Giannone. It. You don't know about that. Because, of course, you're at the game. What's Giannone that? apparently sk- he skated up to Giannone and he said... Really? No kicking motion? John said, I don't know why he's asking me, but I told him I don't I don't think there was, and he just shrugged me off. So. Yeah, so but but, but the, the, the argument that we get in, that I've got into with EJ, is that he thinks, you know, you want more goals. So let's not, let's, because my, my, my opinion has been, you know what, don't let any goals in that, that go off a skate. 
They're all disallowed. So you don't have to replay. If it goes off a skate, don't count it. And then EJ says, well, we, want, we don't want to take goals away. But right now, we're not hungry for goals. Anthony, you just mentioned it in the beginning of the podcast, how many goals were scored last night, how many games now are above six and a half over-unders because it's an offensive league now. We're not hurting. We're not jonesing for goals here. And I think the idea is to shoot the puck into the net. And if it goes off a skate, rather than sit there, was it a distinct kicking motion? Was he trying to stop? Did he turn his blade? Just if it goes off a skate, disallow it. That's it. Done. How would you feel about that? I don't... I guess I'd have to see, like, what if the guy's in front of the net, puck gets deflected in some way, and it goes off the skate? We're going to disallow? Well, if it's if it's a deflection, because I'm not saying that we should take away anything that goes off of a body. Okay. All right. So the skate is part of the body. So if if, if there is a shot taken and it deflects off the body, including the skate, then you could allow those. Okay. But when there is a shot like you saw last night, where it goes off a skate, did he stop? Anything that would be, be reviewable, you just say, "Listen, we're just disallowing it." Go. It went off. It went off a skate in which it was not a deflected, it wasn't a, uh, you know what I'm talking about, like a shot from the point that goes, ping-pongs through a bunch of bodies into the net, then obviously that player that had it go off his skate didn't even maybe realize it was going to go off his skate. That's what I'm saying, because like if it's a general rule of if it hits the skate, no good, that's a hard sell. It's not like soccer, where it's like, you know what, if it goes off the hand, that's it, the the play is dead. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, I don't know. I guess I'd have to see what it looks like. Hmm. It seems like the Rangers get... Less of these calls go their way more than often than not, so I'd say absolutely as a Ranger fan. Right. Um, but that's not a good reason to change a rule um, as much as it would benefit my team. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I honestly thought that that goal was not going to count last night. I was pleasantly surprised when it was. Um, I think if there was more clarity on this rule or if every time you saw it and you said that's a goal that's not a goal i think you'd be okay with it but it just doesn't it doesn't happen well this one was actually easy i was with the um pr department with the rangers and and michael rapaport is just like a hockey savant when it comes to rules and history and all that i was sitting next to him and he says that he goes i've seen it go both ways but there is no distinct kicking motion and the original call on the ice was goal he thought it was going to stand, and 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 that by that logic, and Laviolette said it after the game as well. By that logic, then the goal should stand. Um, so, I. But how many times we just look at? Did, did he turn? Is it a distinct kicking motion? Was he stopping? I think these players are smart enough. Well, how many times have you said they're doing? How many times have you said, Don? Uh, on on the Michael K show and, and this in this podcast about if we have to look at replay thirty six times to determine something then we're probably not wasting our time, but it's too hard right. to call it the other way than what it was called on the ice. That's true. Like, how much... Did he really kick it? Did did his ankle twitch slightly? Did it not? Like, you're going to get into these situations where you're going to... There's going to be some gray area. Yeah. Um, and it makes it tough. But you know what? And again, like, th- this is it. If it was a game with the Rangers and the Bruins and it completely turned the game, the Rangers should, with all due respect, beat the Chicago Blackhawks. And the way that they played in the third, once they really got going... Um, they probably could have scored even more mm-hmm. had they kept their foot on the gas. Oh yeah, that's, so yeah, that's, there's no that game was never really in doubt. But it would have been interesting if that goal had not stood and it stayed one nothing, and then in Blackwell's goal tied it. You know, with as bad as the Rangers played in the third period on Tuesday, it, it, it definitely could have been a bit of nervous time for him. 
Great game between the Avalanche and the Stars last night. I mean, the Central Division, between the way Winnipeg is playing right now, it is just going to be up for grabs. And I'm starting you know, to believe that those any of those three teams could make a run, even Winnipeg. Um, they are deep. They've got a lot of young players. Uh, this is this is they, they've got a lot of players that were a part of that 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 conference final run back in 2018. You know, Hullabuck is a, is a really good goaltender for sure, and the way they're playing right now is absolutely sick. Avalanche are right now number two in the league. You know how good Dallas can be. That was a great, fun back and forth game that the Avalanche ended up winning in overtime. Yeah, it was a good game. I mean, there were like you said, Don, there was 13 games last night, a lot of good ones on the docket. That was one of them. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon is unbelievable. He um is. I know that everyone says Austin Matthews has the best shot in hockey. Um Nathan McKinnon has to be and again, we're not talking about Ovechkin's slap shot. We're talking about like off the rip, like even Connor Bedard, who didn't get a chance to showcase it last night, has a beautiful shot. Um Nathan McKinnon is one of those guys too. Colorado ties it up late, wins the game. Two good teams. I'd love to see a seven game series. There's a lot of Games. There's a lot of teams I'd say I'd love to see a series like this go seven and see what they would do in a seven-game series because I feel like that would be a back-and-forth series if the Stars don't have Ottinger. And again, we talked about it on, what was it, Wednesday? Um, the Stars are going to need to win games like this when they don't have uh, Ottinger. Um, and it, it, against a good offensive team, they're going to struggle. Uh, it was a pretty even game, 5-4. Mm-hmm. You know, Stars play them again, they'll probably win. But last night, good win for the Avalanche. And, it's, and the Jets get the win over the San Jose Sharks by the final score of 2-1. to one. Pedestrian effort for sure. But yeah. Now Winnipeg is, um, has really just, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, because I think we knew there was so much conversation about, well, why isn't anybody going, attendance, blah, blah, blah. But it, what was forgotten was just how you know good this team can be. And they just couldn't get it real, any kind of real playoff run outside of that conference final run a few years ago. But you know they find themselves right now in second place, just a point back of Colorado with two games in hand. I mean, this is a team that could very easily win the Central Division when it's all said and done. You know, with fifty-two points, you know, we're, we're talking about maybe being in con, in contention for the President's Trophy. I mean, that's how good Winnipeg has played. Yeah, Gabe Velarde. Un, I'm not going to say underrated. I think Connor Bedard has gotten a lot of the shine, and rightfully so. But he's had a fantastic year uh, as a rookie. Um, like I said, Don, in the offseason when there was so much undecided about this team, bringing them back, and I know that they they struggled with this core, and it's like, how good could they possibly be? This is how good they could possibly be. They have a good offense. I think Hellebuck is one of the best goalies in hockey. Um, they haven't lost in regulation in 10 games. That's pretty impressive. Four-game win streak. Like you said, if they just do take care of their business with these two games in hand, they'll be first in the Central. They'll be first in the West. A very, very, very good team. And look, it's like you said, pedestrian effort because now we talked about the Sharks kind of turning it around very quietly because I haven't been paying attention to them. They've lost 10 straight. Yeah. That's not what you want. Um, but look, a 2-1 to one, a two to one win is a good win for the Jets. Not a bad loss for the Sharks, but eventually they're going to have to score some points. Um, they're a very good team. And I think that will be uh, showcased in our top five. I, I, I think for sure, too. And I'm just trying to get the the latest information. Okay. Um, what is it? Rutger McKenzie, hmm. their their prospect in, in with Winnipeg, um, their draft pick, I think from last year, is supposed to be on his way. I think I got his line. It's definitely Rutger is his first name, like Rutger Hauer or like the university. Okay. So they, so and and Kevin Cheveldayoff does not make silly trades. Doesn't lose you know give up on their prospects. Although this year, may be different. You know, because of the attendance situation that they've been going through, if they feel like they can win the cup, they they might not stay patient. 
they might be able to make some moves here and see. So I got to like what they've done so far. And also, how about how about Seattle? Seattle's a playoff team now, Anthony. Yeah. They have that second wild card in the West. They have not lost a game in regulation in 10. They've won six in a row. Yeah, they're another one. They, uh, again, they're, they're, they're doing it kind of uh, under the radar because they don't have a, a ton of stars. I mean, I guess the, I guess Beneers is considered a star because he was he won the Calder for Rookie of the Year last year. They have a bunch of nice players. I think the Thomas Tatar acquisition was yes. good for them as well. Um, it kind of gets them a little deeper. Um, the Senators we talked last night. The yeah. Senators we talked about. It's just you know, kind of thought they'd be a sleeper team this year. They're they're sleeping all right. They're just not. They haven't woken up. Um, yeah, they've 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 turned it around. And and I'm not picking on you, Don, but like you know, we we thought that the West was kind of was kind of locked up. That we we had our eight teams and it wasn't really going to be a whole lot of movement. Seattle looked dead in the water. So did Edmonton, but they've kind of resurged here. Both of them six game winning streaks, um, not far out of playoff spots. Um, I like Seattle. I, as you know, I loved Seattle last year. I might have been one of the only people in the you world, were. other than David Hine, who picked Seattle to beat Colorado. Um, they're a they're an interesting team. If Joey Decord plays the way he's been playing, again, good goaltending. It's a very simple game, folks. This is not hard. If you have good goaltending, very more often than not, you're going to win. Um, and Joey Decord has played unbelievable yeah, for them. To shut down Vegas, some of the saves he made, that save on Jack Eichel in in close in in uh, in Mariner Stadium was unbelievable. Um, they're really good. They're fun. They're a fun team. And and I know that. A lot was made yesterday. I guess the ratings came out for the Winter Classic that um, it's the lowest Winter Classic in history. It was like a, just a shade over a million people watched it. I don't get caught up. I don't look at it as that it's, you know, the stadium series have ruined it or that it's outlived its usefulness. I just look at it. You're talking about, you know, two kind of small market teams. It's still a regional sport, so you don't have – any big stars. I mean, is Eichel a big enough star to get a bunch of eyeballs to watch a game? So you don't have Ovechkin, you don't have Crosby, you don't have the you know the big national teams like the Rangers or the Red Wings or the Blackhawks. You've got Seattle and, and Vegas that you know combined haven't played a decade in the National Hockey League. Um, and in the tail end of that game, which was just three nothing, so it wasn't a thriller by any stretch. You know, spilled into one of the playoff games in college football. So uh, I still look at that number as pretty decent. I, I think if you got um, if you got you know bigger names, bigger teams without the college football um, matchup on television, the rating would have been bigger. So two West Coast I, teams no and on cable, it. two West Coast teams and on cable. That's right. another thing I look uh, yeah. at as well. Um, as you pointed out, Don, it wasn't even the biggest game on the West Coast that day. <laughs> there was a little game called the Rose Bowl. So uh, that's a tough. It's tough. Um, the NHL has made a. I thought it was great. If you watched the broadcast, if you saw how they did it, I thought the Biz stuff with uh, with Bowie was great. Biz with Bettman was fantastic. Like the NHL's done a much better job of marketing itself, and it was a beautiful. Even Michael Kay said that he loved uh, watching it and how and how how great it was yeah. to see the stadium in that way. Um, and I don't think it means that there's a problem. I also think, as we've talked about, there's a watering down of the outdoor game because you know that you're going to see a stadium series game in a month. With the Rangers? Yeah, I, I think the cachet might have taken a bit of a hit, but uh, I don't. I don't look at those numbers and say, okay, it, it's still done. I, I guess what's interesting, one of the one of the points was it, it wasn't even the highest rated regular season game this year. Good, you know that means there's other games that are doing over a million viewers. I mean, I just think the game. 
uh, is changing. It's still it's still worth it. it. It may not have the cachet it had in Buffalo when the Penguins played the Sabres back in 2008. How, why would anything over that span of time? But I still think uh, the fact that Vegas and Seattle and, and a, a young team got a ton of attention like that and Vegas, the defending Stanley Cup champions, uh, still very odd that we haven't made an announcement for next year yet. Usually by now we know at least the venue. Maybe they're um, planning something big. I don't know. Uh, because it, it, it becomes more and more difficult as we get deeper into this, right? I mean, you don't want to use the same teams. We've already used you know venues multiple times. And as you said, with the stadium series, you kind of take up. Uh, like Yankee Stadium has never been used for a winter classic, but it was used twice for stadium series. Yes. So, uh, so you, you want to try to find something fresh, but it's it, it's getting difficult now. Maybe get a Canada. Maybe get Canada in there again. Well, they got the Heritage Classic. So, I know. Uh, I know. But but I I do think you know has it gotten to the point? Um, you bring up a, a good point. Has it gotten to where Connor McDavid is so big that you would consider the Edmonton Oilers in a Winter Classic? I think you should, just because of the the sheer firepower and the star power of Drysaddle and McDavid. And you just try to, unfortunately, their natural rivals, Calgary, so that would be exclusive to Canada, so that wouldn't be good for a Winter Classic. But if you were able to come up with, uh, you know, a team that just seems to mesh, maybe it's Colorado, you know, because, you know, they, they played in the conference final not too long ago. Colorado's got McKinnon. You can have McKinnon versus McDavid, that kind of thing, and, and do it in Denver. Um, could be fun. Um, so we'll see. They haven't made the announcement yet. But I, but we need to make our announcement, Anthony. We need to do our top five of the week. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Don LaGreca's Friday Top Five. Yeah! Number five. No, we got to get uh, we got to get your name in there, man. That's a bad job. I think we're fine. Oh, you say that because you're a very humble person. but uh, And I mean this with all due respect. With all due respect. All due it's time uh, to get your name in there because Anthony is included. Uh, but number five, I have your defending Eastern Conference champion, Florida Panthers. They've won six in a row. They've won seven of their last 10, plus 20. Got to see them firsthand against the Rangers last week. It's a big, thick, physical team that can roll four lines of physicality. That's why they can make runs in the postseason, Anthony, is because they're so physical. And they can wear you down. And if Bobrovsky plays to the abilities that he can play and they can start getting something out of Kachuk, who got off to a bit of a slow start for Hagee, has been amazing with 20 goals. I've got the Florida Panthers at number five. I've been pumping their tires a lot, so it's going to be surprising that I have them this low, but everybody around them has played so good. I'm going to go with Vancouver at number five. They're still nice. in my top five, like I said, and I do mean this. I think they're the best offense in the NHL, I know that Colorado now has one more goal than they do, but Vancouver's played one less game. They lost last night to the Blues 2-1. to one. They're 6-2-2 two and two in their last 10. Certainly nothing to sneeze at. They're sticking in my top five, but there's so many teams that I think have been playing so well that I'm keeping Vancouver right now at number five. Number four. Number four, I'm going to go with your Colorado Avalanche. They've won four in a row, 7-2-1 in the last 10. They've been almost unbeatable at home, plus 25 goal differential. I'm not in love with their goaltending, but you know McKinnon has been so good for them. Taves on the blue line has been terrific as well. They're flighty. At any given moment, they can have a stinker. They kind of remind me of the Rangers that way, too. Like Out of nowhere, they'll get you know blown out 6-1 to one by an inferior team, but we know how good they are. And, and the other thing that's very underrated, I, I think Bednar is... 
as underrated a coach as there is in sports. And I know he got his flowers when they won the Stanley Cup, but I think he deserves to be up right up there with with the John Coopers of the world as among the you know the best coaches certainly in the NHL. I've got the Avalanche at four. Yeah, I'm going to knock the Rangers down to four. Um, I know they the, Yeah, I know they have the most points in the league. Uh, Florida gave them a good uh, a good a good beatdown. Um, they didn't look good in their last game before uh, against Carolina uh, before uh, Chicago. 7-3-0 in their last 10. I am a harsh critic of my team, um, so that's why you see so much fluctuation. I don't think that there's anything to be worried about. I think Igor has turned himself around. The confidence is there. They're good at home. They're good on the road. They know how to bounce back. But again, Don, we do a top five in the sense of where teams are right now. And within the last week, I think the Rangers are the fourth best team in the hmm. NHL. Number three. Well, that's where I'm going to put the Vancouver Canucks for all the reasons that you said. That goal differential is still amazing. Only four regulation losses at home all year. Well, for all the reasons that we've been talking about. And and, and Demko's been terrific between the pipes. He said, tough loss against the St. Louis Blues, but uh, we're going to get to see him firsthand on Monday. Looking forward to that game when the Rangers play host to the Canucks. But I've got Vancouver at three. I'm going to go with Florida. Uh, they really impressed me against the Rangers. Um, they're, they've won six in a row. They're 7-3-0 in their last 10. They've got 50 points. Um, they're knocking on the door, trying to take the uh, Atlantic over from the Bruins. Um, I like their goaltending. I think Sam Reinhart's amazing. He got his first nod for the All-Star game well-deserved, uh, in my opinion. I like the Kachucks in general, both Ottawa and Florida, but um, Florida Kachuk has played very, very well this year. Um, they have a plus 20 goal differential. I'm going to go with Florida here because, of course, like I said, they really impressed me against the Rangers. They are going to be number three for me. Number two. I've got the Winnipeg Jets at number two, plus 32 goal differential. They've been red hot. And you take a look. You know, Shifley, they almost lost him. He leads in points. And they have two defensemen. Uh, Josh Morrissey has been just unreal as far as what he's been able to produce uh, offensively. He's their second-leading scorer with 30 points. He's a plus 22, Anthony. Plus 22. I mean, this That's is a guy good. that can, you know, Piak's been good for them. He's a plus 10, so they're getting production there. Perfetti, a good young player, is in their top uh, six in scoring. Hullabuck is a terrific, terrific goaltender. I, I'm in love with this Winnipeg Jet team. I, I think they're they're terrific. I'd love to see them make a run. I've got them at number two. I agree. Everything you just said. They're at number two for me as well. Um, they're playing great. They they have good def- they have good defense. I love Hellebuck. Every I I think Shifley is one of the best players in hockey in my opinion. Great center. Um, they got fifty two points and tonight they could probably leapfrog Colorado by beating the Ducks in Anaheim. And they've won four straight and they're eight zero and two in their last ten. How could you not keep Winnipeg close to the top at number two? But number one. Yeah! No, I I I know you're a harsh critic. I, I'm still going to put the Rangers at one. They are literally number one in the league. And I know that they had a bad game against Carolina, but that was a 3-1 game going into the third period. It just kind of got away from them a little bit. And it's not like they haven't had to deal with adversity you know, losing players. You know, Pitlick got hurt in that game. You know, they call up Othman, jumps right in, five shots on goal. Goaltending has been great. Blue line has been terrific. I mean, Panarin is just having an unbelievable year. That that second line is as good a line as there is in the league with Lafreniere and Trocek. Trocek has had three uh, assists in two of his last three games. So, yeah, they have the occasional stinker, but, but who doesn't, right? So I know it's like in real time, but but, but still, with everything that they've gone through, 
They just seem to continue to fire at all cylinders. 6-0 and in the second of back-to-backs. 10-1 and after a loss. I've got them at one. I hear you. Look, I had them. At, I had them at one for a very, very long time, and I, I try to be a harsh critic in the sense that I don't want to seem biased towards my team. Um, and uh, th- that's to a fault sometimes. I had them at one once before this year because I thought they were playing as the best team in hockey. And this is going to surprise you, Don, because I, ha- you mentioned this team earlier and you had them lower. I have Colorado at number one. Mm. Um, I think they've kind of turned it around a little bit here. We were we were worried about them a little bit. I, uh, like I said, that embarrassing loss against Arizona over the Christmas break. Um, but 7-2-1 in their last 10. They've won four straight. This could all change day by day, week by week. But right now, they lead the West in points. They have the same amount of points as the Rangers, albeit they've played two more games. Uh, they have the most goals in the sport, and they're a plus-25 goal differential. I'm going to go with Colorado this week as my number one team. Let's dive into the social media at Don LaGreca or at Anthony Pusick. Hashtag game misconduct. Let's go to David. He says, Pens with a big win last night. They had a rough first period against Washington on Tuesday, which cost them the game, but they still have won eight of their last 11. I know you guys don't buy into them long-term being a top three team in the Metro, but they're a wild card team. No, uh, yeah, they could be. Um, the, the one thing, I'm not set to fall in love with them just yet because they, they, they do seem a tad flighty, <laughs> where uh, even in games, like they just look dead in the wall. Like, like, like I understand Boston's a very, very good team, although neither of us have them in the top five, but still probably six or seven if we were to expand it to a top ten. You know, they blew a 5-2 lead. And, and I think they're getting a little older. Crosby's been amazing. Can he keep this up? Because if Crosby keeps this up, you're talking about a 50-goal score. Yeah, he's unbelievable. You know, he really I don't is. think that's going to happen. Um, so, I, I listen, Pittsburgh's a fun watch, um, but I think it's going to be like it's been the last couple of years where it's going to come right down to the final week whether this team's going to be able to make the playoffs or not. I don't think they're a top three Metro team. You're asking a lot of teams to take a dip in play. Uh, the Islanders, could they catch Shore? Could Philly be caught Shore? Because I, I love Torts. I think he does a great job, but we I didn't think much of this Philly team going into the season, but Carter Hart seems to be playing mm-hmm. a pretty good goaltender. And then you're just talking about wildcard teams. Forget just forget just the teams and the Devils as well. Devils, Capitals, we're, even ta- we're talking about teams in the division, let alone are the Tampa Bay Lightning going to get better now with having one of the best scorers in the league in Kucherov and Vasilevsky back from injury from earlier in the year. Those are teams that you're going to have to compete with, and you're going to have to play a lot better. Um, the defense for me is not all there, as it hasn't been in years past. I know they have Eric Carlson, but that's more offensive than defensive in my opinion, regardless of whether he wins the Norris or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Wildcard team, sure. I don't see them as a top three team in the Metro now. Uh, let's see. Tom Chambers says, I really like Brendan Burke, but if the Islanders ever offered you their play-by-play spot, would you be willing to shave your beard for Lou? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not married to the beard. Haven't I always had a beard? Yeah, my dream is to be a play-by-play guy, and I wouldn't do it because I wanted to hold on to my beard. Shoot me if I ever did that. I reserve my comments. But Brendan is tremendous, and I am I'm not going to uh, be taking that job. But if anything ever did happen, I would shave my beard. Name any other play-by-play guy who calls into the extended Islanders pregame show because he's listening to it on the way to calling a game. Because that's what Brendan Burke did for us, if you I remember. On that run in 2020? Yeah. He called yeah. us. I love that guy. AZ Ranger says, oh. who do you think would be the toughest first round opponent for the Rangers? My opinion is the, the Islanders because they seem to take the rivalry more seriously than the Rangers. That'd be something, right? Back to back years, Devils and Islanders in the first round. Uh, they haven't played the Islanders yet, so it's kind of hard 
to 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 envision the matchup. I, I still think they won't play Carolina in the first round, right? So who could they play? They could play. I would say Carolina if they played Carolina in the first round. Well, yeah, that would, I, yeah, that would I mean, scare me for but sure. I, but I don't think that'll be the case because I think when it's all said and done, I think Carolina and the Rangers are going to battle for first place in the Metropolitan Division. I, I, I think Carolina's figured it out. I think the um, well, then you're looking at wild card teams, then, right? Yeah, that so you're wild. A... So right now, all right. So yeah, I guess the Islanders. Uh, I'd say I guess the Devils. I know they're not the way they used to be, but both those teams. Anytime you play rivalries, you kind of throw out what the teams look like because they they all seem to play harder against each other, right? I mean, uh, um, but I don't think Tampa. I, I, this I, this may come back to haunt me. I don't think Tampa scares me as much as they used to. No, they're um, not the same team. So I, I wouldn't be afraid to play them. Uh, same thing with Philly. I, I know Torch plays a good defensive game, but so does Laviolette. And when you when it comes down to it, who's got the more firepower in those types of defensive battles usually wins, and that's the Rangers. Um, I don't think it's crazy, AZ Ranger, to say Islanders no, or Devils. No, I, I think, but not because of the the Islanders take the rivalry more seriously. I just think that the Islanders are a dangerous team in the postseason because they have a great goaltender. They have a great goaltender and a goaltender that head to head beat Shesterkin. Yes, that he's got the edge. I don't have it in front of me, but just in my mind's eye of the games that I've covered and called, I I would, you know, it's just um, Sorokin has the the winning record against um, Igor. So that's a problem where I think Sorokin can steal a series and they can kind of clamp it down. Um, I I don't think I don't think he's very far off at all about that. Uh, let's see. John Michael says, "Does the NHL really want goals to count? I know what the rule states, and I am a Rangers fan, but that goal should not count. Imagine if a cup was decided on a similar goal. At this point, just get uh, change the, the rule and allow all goals off skate." I. I go the other way. Don't allow any of it. Yeah, like I don't understand. I don't need guys, but it's not going to become soccer now. You know, I don't want guys, you know, punting the, the the puck into the net. Look, in my opinion, look, and as a Ranger fan, of course, I wanted to. I I didn't think it was a distinct. Me and my dad argued about this. I, I didn't think it was a distinct kicking motion. My dad did. Um, and my dad said you were on it early. I was like, well, I, I also know that Toronto tends to these tend to not go our way. Not that Toronto has anything against the Rangers. I guess it's just rain, the Rangers find themselves in these precarious situations where it's a lot of gray area and it doesn't go their way. I don't think it was a kicking motion. Um, I've seen kicking motions before, very blatant kicking motions. I don't think Kreider was trying to kick it in. I think he was trying to stop the skate, hit the puck, and it went in. Um, but to decide. To decide a cup on it and whatever, I don't know. I mean, that would, but that is something, right? Like I was thinking about that too last night. Like, what if that was the game-winning goal in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final? It'd be anticlimactic, but yeah. But but not not even from the anticlimactic. It just that is that how you want it to be? Like where it's 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 in the eye of the beholder. Is there a distinct kicking motion? Do you intend to do it? Like it just would not have been great. It would have sucked. Now, I think we all know that goals can go off of sticks and go off of bodies and arms and legs. And, you know, there's a, the one thing we always say is whenever a game goes in overtime and you don't have a dog in the fight, just don't let it be a fluky goal. And we understand fluky goals. But do you want a goal scored where you kind of would bet that Kreider knew what he was doing? And even though there was no distinct kicking motion, his intent was to have that puck go in off his skate. And so now that opens up a debate of intent, and you'd hate to see it. You know, you would you would hate to, see, and you know, and then you have the confetti come down and you do celebration. And oh, by the way, we're going to review it and see. And then uh, it it would just really be ugly, 
ugly. And that's why you have the controversy back in 99 with the Brett Hull goal when Dallas beat Buffalo, is that goal should not have counted. But they didn't want to go to review because the confetti was already, you know, the the, the fans already, there was no confetti because it was in Buffalo, but you know what I mean. They're already celebrating, they're rolling out the cup, and nobody had the heart to, to say, we got to review this. Um, and thankfully, they got rid of the toe in the crease garbage. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Anything with less reviews is also something I'd be in favor of. No, listen, I, I hear you on that. It's a hard, it's a it's a hard thing to answer, just from the perspective of like I don't know what you, I don't know what you do about it because what about a deflection goal where the blade of the stick is slightly above the top of the crossbar? Are we going to get rid of deflections? Are we going to get rid of like anything that's like gray area of well, it's kind of not in the rule or it's maybe a no, little but, but, over but, like but, it's tough. You 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 just said something interesting. It, 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 we're not we're not debating offside. Where okay, he's offside. Or the or, or as you said the stick is an inch over the crossbar. Those are lines of demarcation. Now we're getting into intent. This is why it didn't work having replay for pass interference in the NFL. Oh God, that's now we're looking at one guy. You might have different people in Toronto last night who would say, "I, I saw a distinct kicking motion." So, so now now it's not like was he over the line? Did the puck cross the line? Like there's certain lines where you say, "Okay, we went to review and they made it was the right call or the wrong call." But now now it's a judgment call, and it's always going to be in the eye of the beholder. And they're going to be Blackhawks. If that was Game 7, Blackhawks, Rangers, Stanley Cup Final, which we almost got in 2024, if you remember, because that King oh, yeah. Blackhawks went to overtime in Game 7. That you know, And then that was Game 7 at the Garden. You, know, you would have Blackhawks fans screaming into the night that they saw a distinct kicking motion or he intended to kick it into the net. And it would just, and then you would have, would you have Buffalo fans that still don't let it go? They're chanting in, you know, Bison games, no goal. I mean, so it's it's crazy uh, in Buffalo how they won't let that go, and nor should they. They haven't won a cup before or since 1999. But when you talk about is the play offside? Did the puck cross the line? Was the stick over the over the bar? Those are things that yes or no. But now you start getting into judgment. Did he turn his skate? Did he intend to kick it in? Was there a distinct kicking motion? And um, those are the things that I and, and goal don't even get me started on goaltender interference because that's the same thing, right? Well, was he interfered yeah. or not? It's not a cut. It's not cut and dried. It's all. Did we do we believe in my view as somebody reviewing it? Did I believe that the goaltender was stopped from trying to make a save? And then one guy could say yes, and one guy can say no, and it just depends on who's working in Toronto that night. And that 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 could be a problem. No, I agree. Actually, with the with the goaltender interference, it's the official that makes the call off the tablet. But you know what I'm saying is that no, I uh, hear you. Look, it, it, look, the re- replay has been good and bad for all sports, and you're going to have these debates, and they're interesting and they're fun, and and we'll see how it evolves. And if it does, look, we saw it with the NFL, and we saw how it went. When it's a game that matters or something that happens that ends up costing a team a game they should have won. Changes could be made or are thought to be made, and then sometimes the change is worse than what happened originally. Right. So it's all it, it, it's all going to come out in the wash when it comes up in a big game. You hope it doesn't happen to your team, and you hope it doesn't happen at all. But if this ends up costing somebody a playoff series or a big game, I'm sure that you're going to look at this is what a distinct kicking motion is, or the NF- NHL is yeah. going to send out the video of this is what we think kicking motion is, and tell the refs this is what you should be looking for, not this. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Well, Anthony, this was fun. Hopefully, I everybody enjoyed oh, yeah. it. 
you want to participate, best way to do that is at Don LaGreca or at Anthony Pusick, hashtag game misconduct. So enjoy the weekend. Enjoy um, the, the World Juniors today, or if you did watch already, hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, but we'll talk to uh, one of the voices of it, EJ Raddick, on Monday. Get his weekly spot with him. Have a great weekend, buddy. You too, Donnie. All right, we'll talk to you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.